Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will talk about the New Covenant, Part 7 of our series, An Outline of Faith. Um, I feel like this has like 12 different names to it, the Catechism, the Outline of Faith, but today is Part 7, I know for sure, <laughs> and, and it is about the New Covenant. So, um, the obviously if there is, uh, sorry, I hate that word, obviously. I wish that one would be removed from my my go-to sometimes. Um, the If there is a new covenant, Tom, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but that means there is what? Well, that you're going to make my big point, but... Wait! I was just looking for a joke that there's covenant. an old covenant. <laughs> yes. Just say there's an old covenant. There's an old covenant, Good, but I question Tom. that. Thank you. If there's a new, there is an old. So um, a quick uh, review of what is the Old Covenant. And um, it says in the Outline of Faith um, that the Old Covenant is one given by God to the Hebrew people. And God promised they would be his people to bring all the nations of the world to him. God required the chosen people to be faithful, to love to love justice, to do mercy, and to walk humbly with their God. And so that is what the old covenant was. So, Tom, what's the new covenant? (laughs) Does this set you up? So, where I grew up, the new covenant was the way that we all become part of God's family through Jesus Christ. So the church is the Israel of today is what I grew up hearing. And so when we're baptized, when we become a Christian, we, you know, kind of we're obeying the new covenant. We're joining this new family. So I, but I think in reality, I guess you could call it new in the sense that this was unknown. This was what was revealed. But scripture over and over again says, I wish there was a new title. There was new wording for this because I feel like it's kind of rooted in some Lutheran theology that has had a lot of bad implications for the world in the long run. The new covenant? Is that what you're saying? You wish it had a different name? Okay, all right. I wish this title... Um, in our catechism had a different title. Old, not Old and New Covenant, but... And what would you call it? I have no idea. I'd have to put some thought into it. But my point is, this isn't new. God had always intended for this. And it's... And Paul called it kind of an extension of what God had promised to Abraham, you know, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So that's not a new promise, um, but but there but it is new in the sense that we've 
this new thing has been revealed or I the the angels long to look into these things that says in other script in other places so um anyway all right so how did um so you know what let's jump into this just I'm making quick. a mountain out of a molehill this morning <laughs> I want you to think of a new name that's a good one um okay. so uh Everett I'll come to you in a minute but Tom, um, in your old tradition, did you all not believe in the old covenant? Um, because my, my recollection is that in the um, Church of Christ, that the Old Testament isn't recognized. Is that the right way to say that? Uh, yeah. So n- we believed in it, but we just believed it didn't. It didn't apply to us. Um, because it was nailed to the cross, which is a misunderstanding of that text of Mm. what Paul was talking about there. But anyway, um, and that brings out also part of the problem with the name, because there's nowhere in Scripture do we read that Jewish believers stopped following the so-called Old Covenant. Right. They were still Jewish. They were just now following the Messiah that they had been revealed. So, but but the point was the Gentiles didn't have to follow the old. You know, if we keep reading in Acts, we yep. see that first council of the church. So, but no, right. the church so you didn't have to be. You didn't have to be circumcised, right? right. In order to be Christian, <laughs> the right? Bi- the real one big fear of all Gentiles. <laughs> Thank, thank God for all of our churches, right? That would really hurt church growth. But uh, I, but no, we thought all the Old Testament didn't apply to us, be, you know. So we the so Ten Commandments are for then is that no, it? because everything it works out the same in the wash, really, because everything it, and it even says it in this catechism because. What is the summary of the law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You can't kill your neighbor if you love them. You know, your neighbor is everyone. I guess that's true. No. I just, okay, yeah, I'm going to move on. uh, Everett, pick that all apart. Go, man, go. What are your thoughts about New Covenant? And and, um, what was the first thing it said? Well, and I think that, um, so I think, to, to Tom's point that when you call it old covenant, it sounds like outdated hmm. and, and some like original covenant or first covenant, um, or the covenant, um, because what Paul's language is, is that we're grafted onto the tree, right? So there, there is a covenant and, um, through the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, Gentiles get cut in, and grafted onto on onto this onto this covenant, um, and I, I I think that one of the it, you know so there's this big sort of um, word out there called supersessionism, and basically meaning like that's when Christianity tries to supersede or replace Judaism mm-hmm. um, as as God's chosen people, right? So so. If if our if our core belief about God 
is, is that God is faithful even when we are not. The common way that we tell the story is, is that God tried to give um, the Israel, you know, chose a special people and tried to give them a way to live. And here's these laws. And, oh, they couldn't obey them. And so then God sent Jesus uh, because since we couldn't obey all the laws, well, here's a perfect person uh, and he'll just die for our sins. And it's a total misreading of the purpose of the law. It is a total, um, it, it, and, and it, and it turns God into sort of this transactional, more like pagan God rather than God that is revealed in, in Holy scripture. Um, I don't know. I just threw a whole lot out. Yeah, I know. Keep like, going. I want, and, I want to hear that. How you, you, okay. You presented that we go, um, supersessionism. Um, what's the big word? I love learning big words. What's the big word that says the God in the old Testament is different from the God in the new Testament. Well, that's, that was the heresy of Marcionism. Oh, it is. Okay. I thought, I thought there yeah. was another word, but anyway. Okay. So you said that, um, people would look at that basically, um, and I'm just throwing this out as a, like the Israelites or the Jews failed. They right. failed. Right. And then they had to say, I've got to send my son down to take care of this. But that's not the case because that was the intention all along. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So how do you how do you express that? Summarize what I just said, if you can. I thought you did a pretty good job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that goes back to your question of a long time ago. Think of a new title for these sections. So maybe that the section entitled Old Covenant could be called This is what I meant all along covenant. <laughs> or could be called God's covenant with Israel. And then this section could be called God's covenant with the world. Oh, I like that, Tom. Ooh. So which hey 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 hey, go go trademark that. I am hold on, uh, trademark.com. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Which God had already made this promise to Abraham. <clears throat> which, so, which, there, there, so there's two. Pause, oh. Everett. Where, Tom? In, in. I think, Genesis, what? No, I don't what, know, what's 11. What's the story? Descendants as many as the stars. Yeah, yeah, he made it in four or five different ways. But, okay. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Everett. Um, so, so there's two, there, there's two sort of broad readings of um, Jesus' relationship with Israel. The, the most common one is, is that, that, that there is this break, um, you know, sort of like in the, the space-time continuum break in which Jesus is entered into as like now like a, a new branch onto the story. And for most of, for for a lot of Christian history, that has been the predominant way in which we talked about it. Folks like N.T. Wright um, have, um, in, in his new perspective on Paul, has tried to say no. There's there's one continuous continuum. Which I think that's like superfluous because those are the same words. But basically, this <laughs> which line, which is what this, I'm trying to say, this line, this line has continued 
there's not there is not a break and 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 so even in new testament scholarship even in uh you know mainline right i mean this isn't just like church of christ stuff i mean even the mainline um churches this is you know this is controversial um yeah. It's not unique to N.T. Wright, though. I mean, Christer Stendhal was saying it before N.T. Wright. But, um, but Wright, Wright popularized it, right? Yes. Right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> so um, so, they, so you're just saying there is no old covenant. There is no new covenant. There's really just covenant. But, we, but for teaching purposes and understanding, it's separated. Yes? There are. I would say that the catechism reflects the idea of a break in the continuum. Uh, And I would say that maybe if you believe in this new perspective on Paul, that maybe this would be a section that you might rethink. Hmm. Okay. Maybe not. And I don't see any problem with what is written. It's just the the title, the the right. way the way we have branded this thing. So, I just watched the uh, it, because it, I guess it may have just came on Netflix, the Social Network, um, and so maybe you know in the way that uh, whatever the Sean Parker Nabster character, maybe we just instead of old or new, we just go with Covenant. <laughs> Come on, yeah, that was and- funny. <laughs> That's essentially what we're saying. That's I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I hate I hate podcasts like this where man, these three guys are smarter than those two hundred geniuses that assembled this book over right. you know this thousands. This microphone of, makes us smarter, Tom. Come on, that that I should mean, not. Really. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's what I think right now. Right. And uh, for the record, I, would, I walked into this not even knowing that there's debate over Old Covenant, New Covenant, Old Testament, New Testament. Yes, that that wording. But I I, I didn't know of any debate over this. So understand it's the same that, debate. Huh? It's the same debate. OK. And, 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 and if you go and you look, it, you know, I mean, the, where a lot of this is rooted is is um, 19th and early 20th century. um Christian theology, which some of the most brilliant people out there essentially removed Jesus from Judaism. And so Christianity no longer had any relationship with, with Judaism. And, um, and, and, and this, you know, made, um, the, you know, the Holocaust all the more the more possible. Um, and, and so these things have, have real implications. Now I'm not saying, you know, everyone who believes that they're, you you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, right. That it's a one-to-one. I'm just saying that, that there are implications, you know, for this that we need to be aware of. Right. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, Everett, a couple episodes ago, maybe one or two, you pointed out how we honor, our Jewish brothers and sisters in their faith and their belief. You, do you remember what you said according to that? Um, because essentially they are our what? 
um, forefathers is the wrong word, but something that the city Episcopal Church um, honors Judaism in that manner. And I think speaking to that, because also you guys just make sure you understand that not all of us are going to go, and especially me raising my hand, are not going to go dig through some 19th, 20th century theologian <clears throat> who writes some big, thick, dense book. So, yes, a few guys sitting around talking about this on a podcast is the way that some of us, raise his hand again, are going to understand this. And so, you know, there you go. There's my explanation for going through all of this. Because <laughs> I can't make it through those books. Sorry, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> All right, um, something I want to touch on. So we went through a lot of things um, specifically, and um, oh gosh, where do we begin? Uh, let's jump back to new perspective on Paul. So that has come up a few times, and I think that's important, especially in relation to seeing what is that many people who have read Paul have a different perspective on Paul. When you say the new perspective on Paul, where can we point people to go back and dig into this new perspective? I know N.T. Wright is there, um, and you have books in mind. What are those books, and who else can they read and, and learn about this new perspective? Me, uh, Sorry, let me pause. First, Tom, or so no, you said it, Everett. Explain what the new perspective on Paul is, please. Who 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 wants to who wants to take you this got, one? Can I take it? Go, Tom. So we've kind of covered, talked around it the whole time. But the simplest way to put it is, people have said since I don't know. It was really prominent in Lutheran theology um, because Luther emphasized salvation by grace through faith um, that that he, he got from reading Romans that um, that was in opposition to the way the Jewish people believed, which was they're saved by following the law. Right. So there's been this kind of perceived opposition between Paul and Jewish theology or Jewish way of thinking, you know, when essentially Paul was very Jewish. Yeah, right. You know, he took he took a Nazarite vow, um, and so since the Holocaust, um, theologians have asked, and since especially parts of the church in Germany seem to not have any. Um, courage in opposing Hitler they have asked you know what what was inherent in our theology that maybe set us up for failure here and so the big the big um, point of it is just to say we've misunderstood Paul there isn't this opposition there was never this idea that the Jewish people had to stop following the law. In fact, we see that nowhere in Scripture. Hmm. Although it changed because the temple was destroyed. That wasn't a, a mandate from God, you know. Um, and there are verses you have to deal with, but like the one, one being that the old laws and ministry of death, 
But <laughs> anyway, that's hyperbole. I mean, right? It, that's yes. Yeah, I mean, but, that, and that's where, and so that's where. I mean, I'm getting into some things right now. Did with, I explain it very well? I don't think I did. No, no, I think it is, um, and, and that's what I'm trying to understand is because new perspective on Paul is is um, because there is a toxic nature to the old perspective is what I'm understanding. And so it can breed things like um, anti, I can't say that word. Anti-Semitism. Thank, Semitism, thank you. And, um, and so having this new perspective is a more loving, grace-filled, and, you know, true understanding maybe <laughs> i don't th- i'm sneaking that word true in there um because that's of opinion and i assume so um but it's the understanding of how we read paul and what i've kind of thought about it too and i don't know a whole lot about it is just taking paul for what paul says as opposed to digging into context that's what i feel when i hear this is like what has happened is we're taking the face value oh it just says what it says instead of digging into the context and finding what is behind why using this or understanding hyperbole. I mean, it took me years, I don't even know how to say this, but to understand that Jesus threw in funny stuff <laughs> or hyperbole, you know, and things like that. I was like, mm, yeah, if I concentrate fast enough I, or hard enough, I can actually toss this mountain into the ocean. Whoop, I don't have that kind of belief, I'm out. You know, those kind of things, but we understand... Um, further as we learn that there is humor, there is hyperbole and all these things in the Bible that we have hopefully a new perspective on. So Everett, did you want to add anything to the new perspective on Paul or can you give us some resources for that? Um, well, yeah. Um, so um, Wright has two books. Um, one um, is called Paul. It's a little bit denser um, but um, Wright tries to outline sort of the major influences on Paul's life and, and how those shaped the way that Paul wrote his letters and, and, and how we are to interpret those, those passages. Um, and he has a newer one, which I have not read, which is sort of a biography of Paul, trying to reconstruct who, who Paul is. Um, I think as, as, as Tom points out that a lot of this um, sort of um, has its genesis in the Reformation in which there is this major fight between the reformers and um, and, and Roman Catholicism at the time in which a lot of works have been built up in order to earn God's grace or favor and and and, and I think reformers re- look back and read into Paul to address, their concerns about um, abuses of the church. And then that became the predominant way in which people began to read Paul in the New Testament. And suddenly we had created this caricature of Judaism as being this legalistic, rigid, uncharitable, no grace religion. And thank God Jesus came to offer us a whole new thing completely missing the point that Jesus is Jewish, <laughs> that, you know, that Judaism is, is uh, as diverse as Christianity is today, right? I mean, yeah, I, was... <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I posted a thing on my 
my Facebook page that was sort of poking fun at Kenneth Copeland. Um, but, but Kenneth Copeland's part of the Christian tradition as much as, you know, I sort of disagree with him. He's part of the tradition. Um, and so to just simply sit there and try to compare all Christians through the lens of say Kenneth Copeland, um, is, is as unfair, um, as, um, us trying to characterize all Jewish people through the lens of the gospel writers' conflicts with Judaism after the temple is destroyed. Hmm. Good explanation. Um, you know, it's funny, as you're describing what, what some people see Judaism as, I'm just hearing uh, Christianity in itself, legalistic, you know. <laughs> I mean, everyone has the different sects of their, uh, you know, faith. Um, and, of course, you get into labeling conservative, progressive, whatever they are, you know. And um, so you're going to get that in different areas, um, the legalism or the, you know, what, so so on. So, okay, tying this back to uh, New Covenant. So, Paul, did Paul inform what we understand the theology of the covenant, New Covenant, in these terms, uh, in his letters? Is that why we jumped into, I'm tying back why we jumped into the new perspective on Paul. Oh, or, or was that just Jesus? Why did we do that, Everett? Um. Well, I think it's just an outgrowth of the conversation about what do we mean by old and okay. and and new. Okay, okay, all right, got you. So, all right, let's jump into what is um, the new covenant, and when was the when was the new covenant introduced? Anyone jump in? When did they say it was introduced in the Gospels? Like when? Are you asking when it was uh, became? When theologians started to say this, use those no. words to identify it, or when do the when people did Jesus offer, as it is called, the new covenant? When did he say this thing that people have interpreted as the new covenant? Bingo. Um, um, well, <gasps> I mean, you could say that all through the Gospels, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Uh, is when he started saying stuff like, you've heard that it was said, right. that I say to you. You know, so. I mean, he never, I, I don't, I, and I'm trying to think, was you know, if he ever uses the, the word supper? covenant. No. Um, I was thinking there was well, something around the last supper. Well, he, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, okay. So, in um, our, yeah, then our outline, which is that, that's one of, is it said, what is the new commandment, right? So in the outline, it talks about um, the response. Hold on. What did the Messiah promise the new covenant? Christ promised to bring us into the kingdom of God and give us life in all its fullness, um, which I read grace. <laughs> um, what was the commandments taught? Summary of the law and gave us the new commandment. Um, summary of the law is love God with all your heart and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so I didn't know. Okay, so that makes sense. I, I understand what you're saying. It's like it can be used as part of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Sermon on the Mount. What have we not covered about the new covenant that you wanted to in this episode? Anything? Well, for example, 
I mean, I think the best point that buried within in the catechism, what is the summary of the law? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's That summarizes the law. I mean, the, what Christ is saying, most people would say. In, in the liturgy, we say that, in right one anyway, every Sunday. So the big point is that that was said by a Jewish guy. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and all the Jews who heard him say it thought, those are good words. That's true. That is the summary of the law. <laughs> and, now, and now we call it a, uh, a Christian statement or a, a statement of the new covenant. Right. But it's nothing that a first century Jew wouldn't have been comfortable hearing and believing. Because those 613 commandments summarized is this. Is that the idea? Yes, yes. Okay. We, we think of New Testament, this dividing line that was put in Scripture. And so we think anything we read past Matthew, it has to do with all this new stuff. But those are Jews you know, Jews preaching to Jews, Jewish people writing, with a few exceptions. So we make a mistake when we separate it from its Jewish character hmm. and origins. Okay. Everett, anything to add to thoughts on New Covenant? Yeah, I, 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 I really do think that... Um, the way that we have predominantly told the Christian narrative does um, both disservice to Judaism, but it also does disservice to Christianity. Yeah. Um, and and I, I mean, it it is it is difficult it is difficult to have any Christian reading of Scripture and tradition which is not somewhat supersessionist. Um, but I think there's probably a good supersessionism and a bad supersessionism. Um, that that you know you you Jeremiah's language about um you know there's going to be um a, a new circumcision, but it's going to be you know in our heart and how you know early Christians sort of read this as this sort of um this this renewed relationship with God or um, I, I, I guess I'm rambling here to say is, is that spending some time actually understanding what first century Judaism and Christianity was like would be really, really helpful. <laughs> now, what we have tended to do is read Judaism through Reformation eyes um, rather than reading it for what it is at its time. Okay. I agree. Um, context and understanding is um, huge. I mean, that, that just goes so far into what is love within our world, reaching across the aisle, um, not from a political sense, but from a political sense, um, whatever that aisle is, that gap is built from, whether it be race, um, 
who you love or or politics, whatever it is, I think reaching and, and looking on the other side and understanding the other side as opposed to making them the inner enemy or Everett's big Superman word, um, those kind of things don't fit into what I'm reading as the new covenant. Um, and so if we sit down and, and unfortunately, you know, I, I was thinking about this this morning and writing down, writing some notes and I'm like, okay, so the new covenant is love God, love your neighbor, uh, love one another as Christ loved us. That's not what we're known for. (laughs) Sadly, um, you could ask a Christian and I'm sure that's what they would rattle off, but that's not. Um, and that's hard. That's hard. That's a black eye. Um, and so. It's it begins there. We all need to start there with love and and seeing what's from the other side. Um, I believe that's where where we're headed. So, all right. Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, next episode, we will jump into the creeds. Everett's been wanting to talk about the creeds for a long time, so we will cover that. Um, we hope that you are all safe and well and sane. Remember to um, be kind to one another. And remember also that taking care of yourself in this time in our world, it is also taking care of others. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.